Pulp MX Network production. Thanks for all the support, Pulp MX fans. The Pulp MX app is now available for both iPhone and Android-based phones. For all your moto needs, shop at btosports.com and use the current discount code PULPMX. And don't forget to click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com when purchasing anything from Amazon. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOSports.com and ThorMX. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOSports.com RacerX podcast presented by ThorMX, our friends at ThorMX.com. The official gear, Tyler Rattray, Dean Wilson, and many, many other racers. Josh Grant, too. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. BTOSports.com, big supporter of this show. And uh, listen to the commercial if you want to save money at BTO because there's a discount code in there. Um, thanks, everybody. This is the Southwick Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Steve Mathis, as usual. With me on the line is uh, Jason Squared. Uh, Jason Wygant? Yeah. And Jason Thomas? Yep, I'm here too. Weege, first things first. Did did you get that orange luggage with the orange Jeep purchase? No, that's what a lot of people think, that not only did I get a discount for getting an orange Jeep, but I also got free luggage with it. Um, I remind you all, before you make fun of it, that the coolest motor vehicle ever, the General Lee, was orange, A, and nobody makes fun of that, B, the luggage was a gift from my dad to have matching luggage. <laughs> He's got a orange luggage, JT, and it has the Jeep logo on it to match the orange Jeep. I've never seen a man coordinate a vehicle and his luggage. Yeah. He, Pretty my impressive. dad gave me that for Christmas. He was so, yeah, he was like, so, it was like, I think out of all the gifts he's ever given me, including like very expensive like quads and stuff. Life. Um, yeah, in my life, I think that, yeah, life. I think that orange Jeep luggage might have been his most proud moment. I'd like to see a montage of you and Fro pulling up to the track, getting out of the orange Jeep, you grabbing the orange Jeep luggage, you know, pull, slowly pulling the handle out and rolling away. With it, with the, and then something explode behind you and you guys don't turn around. Yeah, yeah. Preferably not the Jeep. Yeah, you don't even phase want, it. I, the, the, chemical, want, the chemical plant explodes and, and you and Fro are okay with that. I want people to know that on Saturday night after this race, so I'm finally leaving the track super late, and then I go to meet my group that I hang out with right. during the, the Nationals. The quote-unquote talent. Yeah. Cool kids. My dinner group. Uh, which is uh, Emig and, and Kelly, our pit reporter. And lo and behold, who's also at the same restaurant, buried in a corner, but you two and a couple other rubes. Who, was that one of the – was that Forrest back there? Who else was with you guys? Yeah, it was the whole team so, pretty The whole much. BTO Sports KTM team. And uh, soon – Yeah, some – Deteriorated into a Matt Gerke story fest. Really? Yep, yeah. Um, and then me and JT arguing about Brett Metcalf. Yes, Matt, there, well, there was a proverbial bus and me getting thrown under it, as usual. Dude, Matt, you've got to back it down, Mathis, with this stuff. You bring the rider and themselves into it personally, and we all know that riders are not – they don't take these things the right way. Like, they don't think of these things as jokes. Okay, couple, couple, couple things. Uh, a, about 10,000 people listen to these podcasts, so chances are – Metcalf is not one of them. No, but I bet you his brother, cousin, sister, mother, father – Someone 
who knows Brett Metcalf listens to these shows. And, the, and of course, by the time that person relays the info to Brett Metcalf, it will be way worse than what actually anything we said, as we've seen time and time again. Two, Brett Metcalf is not a douche rider. There are douche riders that would get upset and be idiots. Brett Metcalf is not one of them. Um, he just laughed and chuckled and whatever. Brett's a good dude. He doesn't really care. Um, his friendship with Jason Thomas is strong still, I imagine. Oh, really? Okay. Um, There's a pint-sized voodoo doll in the Metcalf home just being tortured right now. If it was some douchey rider, and I'm not going to name any names, but I know a few guys that would, you know, get butt hurt or whatever, I would never have done that. So, like I said, to recap, not a douchey rider, and I guarantee you one of Brett Metcalf's friends, family, relatives heard the podcast we did. So... That's all. Now, perhaps I took it out of line when I grabbed the mic from you, Wagant, told everyone, to, told Thomas and Wagant to suck it on camera and said, we're, we're back or something, whatever I said. That might have gone too far. But on the Razor X uh, Motocross show. Yeah, but, yeah. But, you know. I, I, I think you take it out of context and, like, this is a bench race session of what do you think is going to happen? Mm, let me look at it. Let me try to think of this realistically, what I think. And then you turn it into, dude. This guy slammed you. This he guy thinks did not you believe suck. you. Like you no, take it from a no, sense, yeah. You no. take it from a number to like a number and a negative opinion on the dude. N- not at all. You mix them all together. I, and I wrote do, in the guy's face. I do not do that. Yeah, I'm the one. I, I would agree. I'm the one who That's wrote that that Justin Barsha is really the only capable rider of challenging Ryan Villapoto. It's clear to me. Um, I'm the guy who wrote that. And how does Dungey feel about you, Mathis? Yeah, I don't think he's a big fan, but yeah, that's what oh, that's oh, kind of the point oh, we're getting. Yeah, at. but but again, like that's on him. That's on him if he can't handle <laughs> some bench racing and takes it personally. And and I'm not just saying I'm not singling Ryan Dungey out here, but if any rider takes us three guys who let's face it have a lot of knowledge about the sport from all sorts of different angles, flaggers, racers, mechanics. You know, we've got a lot of collective knowledge. Um, yeah. If any racer takes us. Clearly just, you know, throwing things out there and discussing the sport and talking about the, uh, uh, the rider in question. If they take that personally, that's on them because they're athletes, they're athletes, they're making a lot of money, they're in the spotlight, and if they can't handle that part, eh, I guess you need to get some thicker skin, bro. I'm not sure if you know this, but half- do you think Aaron Hernandez is very happy about his media coverage these days? Hey, Mathis, do me a favor and go do an interview with Dungey right now. I need it. I'm your boss. You're on deadline. I need an interview with Dungey Tuesday morning. Do it. Yeah. Well, no, he, he – Ooh, he, you can't get a Dungey interview now because even um, though it's on him, it's actually on you. No, actually, I might be able to get one. I would contact Stephanie Nutt, the KTM girl, and explain everything, and I, I perhaps could get one. I have interviewed Ryan four, five, six times before. Four, five, six years ago. Uh, no, 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 no. As, <laughs> as, as, as uh, Last year, I did. Um so I, I could I would go official through the channels and get it, um, you know. Again, it's it's not it's Brett Metcalf. He's cool. There's no worries. And if people can't take it, what can we do? Well, again, you're the one that's pissing everybody off in the pits right now. Yeah, I do have quite the, the spray with you, not pump. You you right now are public enemy number one, and I'm defending you to everybody. <laughs> I'm, I can't even keep up with which thing. I'm pers- I'm your personal PR guy at times because. Yeah. You're ruining the sport on TV each and every weekend. First, you said NFAB had a shoestring budget. Yep. I take that back. NFAB does not have a shoestring budget. 
they are just getting their asses handed to them by factory Cowie, factory Honda, <laughs> uh, factory KTM, and they have no excuse. They have the same budget. Why are they getting their ass whooped? Is so that you, the way I should put, you, put, so that be a more realistic way to put that you're story? Turning that it, you're turning it around on them and saying now they suck. Right, right. <laughs> well, if you want to say that, right. if you want to say, no, no, we're good. We're Okay, then we're going to compare you on a level playing field. In that case, Brian Villapote, Ryan Dungey, and all the motos, and you guys haven't won any. Phil yeah. Nicoletti hasn't even won a single moto this year. <laughs> Horrible. Like, is that the scale you want to be measured on? And then after you say that on TV, you should wait, pause for a moment for dramatic effect and go, boom. <laughs> I mean, if a team... Can you hashtag on TV? Yeah, is there any way you can say hashtag owned? If the team of Phil Nicoletti is complaining that the underdog story makes them look bad, maybe you're right. Maybe that is on them, not me. Here's the thing. We, all of us have been plenty right and plenty wrong in these stupid shows. Um, and some of us like to, you know, make sure, maybe gloat a little bit when they're right. But I also own when I'm wrong. So, carry on. Um, I do feel very satisfied about my Red Metcalf prediction, though, by the way. In case you're wondering. I think, I think the only uh, point that we have here is that if I think that Brett Metcalf is going to get 10th, I don't want him to hate me over it because not. you have thrown it in his face. And he would never yeah. do that because, again, he's not a douchey, the douchey riders. He's Brett I Metcalf. understand, he's but a great you're guy. applying that to everyone. And I, I like Brett Metcalf. He's awesome. He's a good dude, and he would never, ever take offense to your prediction that he would suck balls. Oh, you never know. You can't take that for granted. You never know how the guys are going to react. And Metcalf is as cool as it gets, but every rider has their moment where they're caught at the wrong time or hear the wrong thing in the wrong way, and it doesn't go over well. You can't take that risk. And I definitely didn't think. You see, you're you're saying I thought he would suck balls. That's not even close to I know. accurate. I, I did that as a joke, JT. I know, but that's right. the whole thing. Is right. no. how do you know he's going to take it that way? I I, I know. I'm confident. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're you're putting our my relationship with Brett Metcalf on the line in your confidence. Um, this just in, fresh off last week's Rocky uh, beatdown while he was peeing over podcast. I now just discovered a, a PlayStation controller on the floor with uh, the joysticks eaten away. So thank you, Rocky, for continuing your streak of causing destruction while the podcast is on. Karma has a name, and that name is Rocky. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, well, again, good job. Listen, you got, we're, we're going to move on because uh, we'll talk about Metcalf later, but the, the, you guys are both wrong, and I'm right. So, um, uh, Good job, well, again, on getting the spraying with pump on the air. Good job. Now... Something you planned all day, something you've been in the back of your mind. Speak, talk about that process a little bit. Yeah, to be honest, and I kind of, I kind of uh, hinted to this to JT on, on Saturday morning. I basically just needed Cincerillo to show up. I mean, there's ne- you're never going to get a better general guy who's been sprayed with pump uh, than him. So I just needed him to, to to be racing, and I knew it was at that point. It was like a hanging curveball right over the plate. Uh, and then the bonus was that he and Webb actually battling against each other. Oh, that was like a softball curveball over the plate. <laughs> Might as well have been T-ball. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it couldn't have been easier at that point. My, tw- my Twitter blew up. That was a good job on that. Yeah. I mean, those dudes have been sprayed with a tremendous amount of pump. Yeah. And, and, the last and, couple of years. And you can't spray both with pump. You're either t- Team Webb or Team Team Adam. Yes. Right. Yeah. So... I wonder, I, I didn't know how true that was. Like, you know, a lot of times people over-dramatize things and whatnot. 
No. But all you had to do is see their battle to know that that is legit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, holy crap that those two not want to get beat by the other guy. Yeah, and, 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 and in a, a sense of irony that I'm sure Cooper Webb does not appreciate, he once again did not beat Adam. He was a <laughs> stellar fast this year uh, through yeah. the first four rounds. Rounds five and six. He's still fast. I mean, there's still no doubt he's faster than Adam, right? We all agree. But on paper, he DNF'd that second moto. Um, bike problems? What happened exactly? I got, I got conflicting stories after the race. Not a crash, he, uh, right? He crashed, and he just literally couldn't restart the bike. You know, it was 25 okay. minutes in. The thing was probably so damn hot. Whatever. Someone said something about his chain. Uh, oh, carburetors, by the way. Um, good job on carburetors for that. Um if he had EFI, there's no way the bike would fire right up. So just FYI on that. Um, okay, somebody said his chain had fallen off too. So I, I kind of got different stories. Oh. But anyways, so yeah, no doubt he's faster than Adam. And once again, anybody finishes behind him. This has to be driving Team Web crazy. Right. Uh, I think it does, but anyone who's paying attention yes, yeah. has seen what's really going on. Right. But it probably does suck to have to look at the results and see that. Absolutely, yeah. If you're at the race, you're like, okay, there's no doubt Cooper Webb's faster right now. Um, just just a pretty funny deal, though, to me, anyways. Um, okay. Uh, Cooper got caught in his web of crashing. Pump web. He, got, he sprayed him with a pump web. I never sprayed either one of those guys with pump. I don't know too much. Like, I'm, a, I'm not an amateur dude, you know? Wes Williams would have to. No, he sprayed AC a little bit, but it was nah, deserving. I don't know that much about the dude, you know? Like, I was never the dude to say he's going to come in and dominate, like I heard. I mean, obviously. Well, your, yeah. your wife's been dating him for a while, so I figured you knew a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, hey, let's get to the race. All right, the final Southwick is come and gone, although perhaps it's not the final one. Um, no, I think it is. Really? Yeah, um, Davey came over to our TV meeting on Friday night and said, like, hey, I'm just going to try to explain to you folks as best as I can, like, what's going on here, because I'm sure you're all kind of not, uh, kind of confused as to why this is the last race, but everybody likes it. Like, why would it be the last race? And I didn't even know. I hadn't heard it, like, clearly myself. And I guess the basic way he explained it is, um, so the American Legion owns the land. Ralph and Diane are, is the couple that, are the promoters of it now, um, her original husband, Diane's original husband, who has passed away, he's one of the founders going back to the Bernie Yellen days and the old days of Southwick and all that, right? So this basically, this family has been the motocross promoter of Southwick forever, essentially. American Legion has been the landowner forever, and they can't agree to work with each other anymore. I think the Legion has raised the rent to hold the National to a price that they say, well, we can't do it. We can't pay you this much money to hold the National. And MX Sports has said, listen, we're not going to cut promoters out. We're not going to underslice them. If the local promoter at the track can't work with the landowner, we're not getting involved. Like, that's between them to figure out. We're not going to be known as the people that kick the existing promoters out and just take it over for ourselves. So they don't – you know, the Legion, I think, would be glad to kick the promoter out and then just work directly with MX Sports. But MX Sports is like, these people have been partners, you know, for 30-some years. We're not going to do that. So unless somehow – the original promoters and the Legion get back together, which doesn't seem likely at all. It is not coming back. Perhaps someone else promotes it, though. You know, if the original promoters step away, and, you know, they did a lot of work for many years, maybe if they step away and then someone else promotes it, MX Sports would go back. 
I don't know. I think if the yeah, I think those original promoters gave it the blessing, but I think MX Sports is saying like. Right. We do not want to have blood in our hands and, right. and you know, push well, people that have, we've been working with forever. And, hey, if you guys can work it out amicably with a new person or whatever you want, that's fine, but that's... Yeah, that's, that's the stand-up thing to do, though. They can't, you know, that's the... can't just push somebody out and then Davey right. in good conscience just be like, oh, yeah, okay, no problem, and then, and, and then Diane just gets totally screwed. Like, that's not... Um. I don't think David so, wants yeah, any part of that. Thing, cause you know MX Sports is going to end up looking like they have blood in their hands. Anyway, Absolutely, yeah. They're trying to do it. They're trying to be nice about it, but yeah. what is that going to get you in life? In life right? No matter what, it will come across like a coup. So what was yeah. with that letter that was – did you guys see that letter that was being sprinkled around? That was complete bullshit. Yes, not a fan of that letter. Not at all. No. And what that letter is, folks, is like – so the Legion, where was that? Where did you find that? I was, it was all everywhere. the teams. All the teams got one. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so the Legion basically put out a letter that said, we still want to have a national here, and we've approached MX Sports to do it, right? Basically what it says? I don't think it said it. We like approached them. It just said, "Please beg yeah. MX Sports to please petition oh, I, MX Sports was, yeah, to keep was, the national around." It was like around. basically begging the fans to put pressure on MX Sports, right? Which, which right. doesn't mean a thing. Like that would like. First of all, who are these Legion people? Are they just World War vets? Is that what a Legion is? What 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 is a Legion? Well, Davey said that's one of the issues because the Legion is uh, it's not World War. I think it's Korea. So basically, if you look at their the, the demographic there, there's now been turnover from like the dudes that were probably, you know, 40 or 50 years old running it in the 70s when Southwick South started, right? Now you've probably gone through a whole new generation of people that have nothing to do with why is this track here? Why are we doing motocross? Like the original relationships between motocross people and the Legion, yeah, but it's 40 years old. If you're Half not those people, probably aren't even alive anymore. If you didn't fight in the Korean War, you can't join the Legion. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I think so. That's the well, way you put it. I'm not sure if that's exactly it. Basically, either way, the people are old. I'm not sure if it's only Korea or Korea and Vietnam, right, whatever. Right. Well, but I would have thought it's, a, it's like VFW, which is like Veterans of Foreign Wars. So, yeah. theoretically, the only people alive still, to you know, unfortunately, age-wise, are probably yeah. those two wars. So, that's kind of who are left. So, you've dealt with some generational turnover here where it's like, you know, there were probably tons of handshake deals in the 70s between a lot of these people probably aren't even still alive anymore, you know? It's been 40 years, so I think Davey's like, I don't even know who these Legion people are, and maybe even Ralph and Diane but, barely what, know, what I, they're probably new people. What, but wait a minute, though. You're confusing me. There can't be new people. There hasn't been new foreign wars. You can only uh, join... Think, you can only I, join you is, I think you can have people come in to, to uh, run it. Like you can, I guess the Legion can be run by people who are not... I don't, I'm asking. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but the VFW was trying to be an expert here. The VFW was. It was also, you know, I would think World War II people at one point. You know, right. we've been in more than one foreign war, so there's been turnover over the years of new veterans and new members and all that kind of stuff. Right. right. There better not right. be any people from the 1876 Battle of Canada versus <laughs> USA. Because well, I, I don't support those people at all. Well, Wygant and myself had a had a beer there in 2010 inside. Really? The BFW Hall, yes. And the average age was definitely, I would say, in the 60, 70 range. Well, so, listen, it's great that they fought for the country and everything. I'm almost American at this point. Going to be a citizen soon, I think. Um, it's great. But listen, we want our Southwick veterans. <laughs> we, you did your good, careful. You know, good job on the war. But make this happen. Well, or maybe there'll be another war that you can't handle. 
it's tough to really just start blaming Sorry. veterans for it. Why? Well, I mean, because we don't know who's pulling the strings right, there. Yeah. I, I don't know. know how legions work, but yeah, it's a shame. That's the bottom line. We need a yeah, soundtrack. I think we can all agree on that. I don't. I don't think any of us are qualified to get in the ins and outs. We, we, we've just proven we barely even know how this American Legion thing works. Right. So we're we're way out of our jurisdiction. But I think we all can agree that it sucks that they can't work this out. It's not like I think a lot of Lamick kept saying he's like they can't bring it back. They're like going to doze us over and make houses out of it, right? Well, maybe, but it's not like that's the plan. Like next month, yeah. like maybe a couple years from now, that'll be the issue. But that's not the issue right now. Right. It's, it's not that. Well, I got my jar of sand. Nice. Yeah. Nice. You, you have, you'll have a bill in the mail for that. <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, um, let's get on to the racing. Um, JT, uh, we do the um, X-Brand Goggle pre-race pulpcast every week, myself and you, and sometimes Georgia Lindsay, sometimes Jason Wygant. Uh, just, uh, again, uh, chink for me, um, I had the top three correct with Dungy, Villapoto, and Barsha. You did. You did. I, I, did. I was not smart enough to put Barsha in there. I, I wanted to. I, you know, haggled with it. But I, I feel like, oh, man, James was almost almost a good pick. If he would have won the first moto, yeah, yeah. he would have been third overall and everything would have been right. But <laughs> uh, I, I, he, he blew it and I blew it. So He really blew it. Oh, I, without a doubt. JT, you had some, I don't want to say harsh words, some strong words. <clears throat> well, I, not really strong words. I was just... I couldn't believe it. Like that's what I mean. That's what I mean. You're just you said that that was un. Yeah, I just I don't. You know, he's going faster. Let's keep it in perspective. He's going faster than I've ever gone. So I can't really say that I you know have been in that situation. But everyone who has won races in their life has been in the situation where they have the race under control. They know who's in second. They're not nervous about that person catching them. So they kind of back the pace down to a reasonable pace that they can control. And then they see it through. And it just seems like he has a, a bad issue with keeping his concentration in those, in those kind of situations now where he, he used to never, you know, five or six years ago, you could take that race to the bank. It was over, done, period. Unless his bike just completely blew up. That race was done. Wow. James Stewart was going to the podium as the winner, period. Never mind five or six years ago, I would have bet a lot of money yesterday that that race was over. You know, I mean, that's how he was riding in control. He had a big lead. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it, it like, was the, the James Stewart of old in that situation, he never throws it away. But it seems like now you can never really count on him not to throw it away, no matter what the circumstances. If he's in a battle, if he has a 15-second lead or whatever he had, you know, I was just trying to put together what was going on. I mean, he just made a big mistake, obviously. It could happen to anyone, but... It happened to Trey Bernard right there, he, too. Same spot. If you ever think he's going to win, win, win a race, that was it. Everything went his way. Everything. Weege, uh, as you know, I, I predict, I predict rain, rain in yellow quite a bit. Um, I, was, I was upset by what we saw with James. Uh, but I, I was thinking about it this morning on the plane ride back. And, and honestly, I don't want to be dramatic or overstate this. I feel like, and I could be wrong, as we spoke about earlier, but I feel like Wygant, this could really be a tipping point. He may never win again. Uh, I agree. I mean, there's a really good chance that that was his best chance this year. Now, we got six races left. He's not really that beat up. I mean, I guess those circumstances could all pile themselves together again. 
so maybe he wins a moto. But he only won one Supercross this year. So it hadn't been, like, one race so far this year. You end the year racing most of the races. What did he miss, two Supercrosses? He does every national and misses two Supercrosses and wins once. That's not a good um, – that's trending downwards. Uh, crashed at Thunder Valley. Um, crashed at Muddy Creek. Wait, did he crash at Muddy Creek? Or did he just go slow? Uh, did he just go terrible? I think he was just slow, which I can't believe we're saying those words. And every week we can't believe we're saying it, but we still can't. Um, I don't think he crashed there. Okay. Here's the thing, crash though. I Creek. bet you you can rewind this podcast to um, – remember Unadilla last year? He came back for Unadilla. Yeah. Well, he came back at Redbud. What happened? Crashed like two, three times, I think, that day. Same thing, no reason. Like He was like, oh, I'm not going to catch Dungeon. I'm just going to cruise in a second. Oh, he's down. And then misses some time, comes back at Unadilla. And then I believe he was leading at Unadilla last year. And then, oh, he's down. Then in the second moto, I think he was running third at Unadilla early on. Oh, he's down. Down. I feel like this, and I think we talked about this last year. Like, after those crashes at Unadilla last year, people started to say, hmm, is there an issue where, like, heart rate gets up and he's – banged his head a lot. Like, I think people worried about that. And the same thing keeps happening. Like, the crashes just come out of nowhere. It's, it's like you said, it's not like it's happening in a battle, and you're like, well, he was just trying some gnarly line, some crazy balls jump, riding by himself, everything's fine, down. I just, I mean, like I said. I, over I, and over. The, everything was aligned. He had a 10-second lead. He was on his way to victory. He went down hard. And you just, I mean, I'm just like, how, when is this ever going to happen again? And he may never win again. Like, if it wasn't going to happen on yesterday, I don't know if it was ever going to happen. You know, like, like, wow, I cannot believe he just threw it away. But he did. Yeah, I, Kudos for him for getting fourth in the second moto. I didn't think we'd see him the way he yeah. got up and the way he was acting. When, when could you find a better situation than he had the first moto yesterday? Yeah, you can't. I don't think no. there is one. Yeah. Um, yeah I, all right. Uh, let's move on. I uh, think it's like okay. if you look at his crashes, it's almost like if you could do the math on how close was another rider to him with each of these crashes. That's what seems bizarre about it to me. He's almost always all alone, and then he crashes. That's what makes it so weird. Yeah. Not, you know, the old James Stewart rep was, oh, if you get next to him, he's going to turn that sucker even wider open, and he might go down. Now it's. Not even that. Like, he had no incentive to be riding that way. It's, it's almost like he has ADD or something. Like, he can't right. hold his focus. Right. Hmm. Like, he's in a battle, he's it. almost better off. Right. Because it makes you concentrate. When he has to pay attention, he never yeah. crashes. I, uh, moving on to the, to, the, to the Ryans. I didn't like Villapoto's gate pick. Two inside, two boomer bust. Caught up to him in the first moto. But, uh, and Ryan Dungey won. But holy crap, JT, uh, Villapoto was flying, flying. Yeah, he was impressive. I just watched it on TV because Southwick's not the best viewing, so mm-hmm. it's hard to really see everything he's doing. But he was really, really tr- – like, he was trying hard. You yeah. know, and that sounds funny to say, but, I mean, he was all over the place, out of control, out of shape, um, really on the edge of, you know – you could tell he was doing everything possible to try to catch up. And, man, he's just he's impressive. I, I, another lap, and I'm scared to think what place he would have got. Wow. Well, he was coming. Probably second. Maybe, maybe first? I mean, if he, <laughs> he would have got to second, yeah. 
Dungey would have been right in front of him because right. Short crossed the finish line literally right behind Dungey. Yeah, he did. Yeah, Short props to Short for for, for uh, catching it back up. Um, and he and don't forget, Villapoto went down again on the first lap or second lap or whatever. I think. First oh yeah, lap. he yeah, was. Right. I mean, at um, the end of the first lap, he was way behind those guys. So, so uh, JT does does Dungey's. Dungey won. He put some points on on Villo. You know, he went uh, one two. He got beat in the second moto, um, pretty good. He caught up a little bit. Ryan said Villapono said he made some mistakes, and then once he got rid of those mistakes, he pulled away. Does and we, you know again, I picked Dungey as the winner, so I, I mean, I'm I'm saying he goes good as a Southwick, but is this victory a little um, a little tainted? Is this a asterisk where we say Villapoto fell? I don't think I don't think so. Only for the fact because you can't really do that. I know, if it, but if it, you know, I mean, I, I understand what right. you're saying for right. sure. If you're analyzing the race and you want to say who rode the best, like Bud's Creek, Ryan Ryan Dungey was the best. Right. I don't care. Right. right. But the, the danger with that is is when it comes down to championship time, motos like that could determine it. So you can't really put an asterisk on it because that's that's how racing works. You can't make mistakes like that. You can't. Put yourself. You can't crash on the first turn. You can't put yourself in bad spots. Right. That's just you know. It all comes down to to the final equation. And just because you made mistakes, no one's going to care yeah. at the end of the series. But okay, let me how put, you lost it? You just lost it. Let me put it to you this way: If Villapo does not crash, does he go one-one? Yes. Uh, Weege, what do you think? Yeah, I think the second motor yeah. proves that. But I do want to say that it's way closer than it was the first couple motors of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's been there. It might not be, you know, flip a coin between them, but it's darn close. Can you believe um, someone said that Barsha was the guy that was going to beat him? Can you believe that? Yeah, I should probably go tell Dungey, hey, Mathis said that you suck balls. <laughs> go ahead. You know, hey, whatever. They, I don't care. Go ahead. Um, uh, but, no, you're right. It, it's it's uh, Villo's still got an edge, no doubt, but it is closed dramatically from, say, you know, round uh, two, round three. I will say that in the first moto, I think Dungey, Dungey, he got a little bit tangled in that first turn, but it was nothing like Villapoto. But he did not move up much at all at the beginning. I think the whole moto for Dungey was kind of a measured effort. Like, uh, yeah. I think if he needed to go, go, go earlier or get away, like, I think he did exactly what he needed to do to win the moto and nothing more, which is kind of the Dungey style. Um, Literally a lap and a half to go. I think it's a go. little misleading to yeah. think, oh, Villapoto you know, gained a minute on him in the course of the moto. I think Dungey was just trying to beat the guys that were in front of him. Someone um, someone told me that he was 20th in the first moto, and I'm like, I didn't see that, and I checked the lap charts on the way home on the plane, and he was 10th after the lap one. Now, now of course, he was probably 15th or something, you know, but somebody right. was like, oh, he was outside the top 20. I'm like, I don't think so. He didn't have a great no, start. He got caught up. He was up, like 7th and 8th for a long time. And yeah. I think it was one of those, he's like, all right, I'm 7th. I think I can pick off six guys by the end of this moto. So I'm just, where Villapoto was just going balls to the wall. Balls, balls out. He was in balls out. Um, also, Dungey said that when he passed Metcalf, he thought he was in the lead because his uh, tear-offs were gone, so he pretty much couldn't see his pit board. So he didn't even know that he, he needed to catch another guy. Then he kind of saw short, and he realized he wasn't gaining on him much. And he's like, maybe he's not lapped. Maybe he's leading. Mm-hmm. And then he wicked it back up. So, like I said, I don't think you saw Dungey going flat out the whole time where Villapoto was taking, yeah. you know, no. Uh, so what, it's a little misleading, I think. What, what about Andrew Short? Huh? Good ride. And funny, though, yeah. he got into the lead, and he, he lost like two seconds for like two laps in a row. Uh, two seconds a lap. 
Like he, and then all of a sudden he like took a breath and like regrouped or whatever, and then dropped his time. Uh, at that by that time it was too late. Dungey was coming maybe anyways, but interesting to watch his lap times and it was almost like he was like, oh shit, I'm in the lead, you know, and started going slower. JT, a little weird. Yeah, I think he just got nervous. Yeah, um, started thinking way too much. Just to wrap on that Dungey thing, oh. <clears throat> I was kind of thinking during the moto, without Villapoto out front of him to kind of. Uh, gauge his speed off of. It was almost the 2012 Ryan Dungey and 2010 Ryan Dungey where he wasn't in a panic. He just wore those guys down, caught up to him, passed him, won the race. Where if, if Villapoto's in front of him and kind of da- dangling that carrot, they just they beat everybody by 45 seconds. But without Villapoto there to drag the pace up, Dungey just kind of, oh, I'm going to catch him, I'm catching him, I'm catching him. Yep, got him, won the race. It was like such a different type of moto yeah. watching it without Villapoto out there. Like he didn't, he wasn't worried about Villapoto. He didn't know where he was, so he wasn't panicking. And then you see the second moto, they just crush everyone because, he, you know, he's chasing Villapoto. It's just very yeah. apparent. Uh, well, yeah, nothing, nothing changed in my thinking, and I'm sure you guys think the same thing, that those two are the, not only the fastest, they're the two guys in best shape in the class. Oh, yeah, without a, they yeah. were the only two that I was watching that I couldn't see really laboring. Like, they yeah. were going like it was, you know, they were sprinting at the end even, yeah. where the other two were kind of, even Barsha and Stewart, third and fourth, they kind of just like, uh, yeah, don't, don't mess with me and I won't mess with you right. kind of deal towards the end of the race. Like, they didn't want to battle. Um, and Short goes 216 for fifth overall. Wow. <laughs> That's a bizarre score for fifth. Second moto, he, uh, he got fell in the first turn. Right? Found the first turn, or did he get caught up in that first turn crash? Uh, he crashed in the first turn, yeah, yes. Yeah, crashed in yeah. the first turn. So uh, it was so cool to see Shorty do that, and uh, I would have liked to see him win just because, you know, a new winner would have been cool. But um, the way his races has been going, he hasn't been happy. So, you know, and Southwick's always been a boomer bust thing for him, too. Remember that he ran out of gas on a Honda. He almost didn't make the motos one year. Another year he got second behind Stewart when DeRuver was there. Yeah, he got second. So yep. you know, it's been like a boomer bust thing for him. He won in the uh, 250 class one time. Yeah, those six. Yeah, yeah. Um, Barsha. Hey JT, I'm going to oh. ask you about um, some. I was thinking it was short, and I've seen it happen there before. Like Rattray last year said he wasn't happy with his bike, but at Southwick it didn't matter. He was just so different because of the sand. Is it possible that sometimes when guys are struggling with their setup, and short obviously he's new to this bike and everything, and he's kind of a work in progress with that. But does some of that go away because this track is so different and, like, some of the troubles that you're having aren't even an issue just for one weekend because the sand is so different? Is that possible? Uh, it can be if, if because the, the bike issues are going to be totally different. The bumps are different. The bike's going to handle completely different. So I wouldn't say it's going to happen every time, but it certainly can be because the, the challenges to the bike are completely different. So you may have answers that won't, that won't work on another track. Yep. Um. Well, before we get too far into this, John Dowd got points in the second moto, kept on going, in typical Dowd style, talked to him after the race, and, you know, not a lot of sentimentality there. He's like, oh, yeah, I wasn't really thinking about the last race and the last laps and everything and whatever. Well, um, I guess I guess it, this is a little mean to say, but both of you guys, I was surprised he was uh, that far off the pace. I, I, I mean, it's awesome he's out there. He's 47. But I thought he'd be a little better. Do we all agree on that? I mean, not to pick on the 47-year-old guy. But 
you know? Uh, you should go back and listen to your, uh, your Thursday show where I apparently was so far off with all my predictions. What did I say? Uh, did you say 10 to 15 or did you say 15 to 20? I said 15 to 20. Did you? Oh, well, yeah. That's... And you were like, 16th? That's ridiculous. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know. Good to see him out there, though. God, I'm 47 years old, JT. What were you doing quitting? You still have so many years left. <laughs> well, I don't think John Dowd is uh, mortal. That guy's amazing. Um, I-, I think he could have done better, as you alluded to, but his starts were a huge problem. Yeah. And then I was just watching the race, and he pulls out of the way for the leaders and loses yeah. Yeah. three or four spots. Yeah. Reed, Catanzaro, uh, a couple guys that he Weimer, probably should, yeah. Yeah. Yep. He wouldn't have been beat by, and uh, he did. So, yeah, just obviously the first moto he was doing much better. He was, uh, I want to say he was around 16th or so. Yeah, he was. And his yeah, bike let go. So the day could have looked much better. He could have been, you know, like a 16, 17 type day, which right. wouldn't have been so bad. I mean, you're yeah. talking about a guy that races once or twice a year, and he's 47 years old. And, you know, I know Villeman doesn't think the field is very deep, but uh, the rest of us all do. It's pretty impressive. All right. Um. All right, getting back to Barsha, he uh, 3-3, steady ride. Maybe not as flashy, Wygant, as either one of us thought. You know, wouldn't you expect Barsha to, like, lead a moto maybe for a little bit or, or be right up there or, you know, I guess he didn't get starts and kind of had to, ride, had to fight from the back both motos in 3-3? Three, three. Uh, yeah, the first moto I think the start was just because uh, I think – I don't think – it's kind of amazing since Dungey was – pretty far back at 1.2, but I don't think he was, was he ever ahead of him? I don't think he was, which is weird, because Dungey almost had to stop in the first turn. Uh, uh, anyway, second moto, he was right there with his guys, and I think he did the most you could expect him to do. He started basically third behind the Ryans. He kept them in sight for as long as he could for a decent amount of time. Yeah. You know, and then they eventually just gapped him, and I don't think you can expect more than that. To expect him to go and pass them at one point, I think, would be a little bit much. Yeah, he was uh, um, four spots behind Dungey almost the whole first moto, and then he got closer. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. So uh, he never got passed by them. He just wasn't quite able to hang, which I think, like, that's exactly what you'd expect, like, at best-case scenario. I don't, yeah. Uh, well, not his mom, who probably expects him to just go 1-1 one, one and crush these dudes. Yeah. Uh, she's, we, know, we know her expectations are very high. I, I, but, yeah, if I'm Justin Barsha, I'm taking that 3-3 all day long. No, this is what it is. Like, those guys are man yeah. strength, boy strength, man. <laughs> It's it's it, we play it up when we talk about it, but it's it's true. Um, and bummer yeah. for bummer for one tra- of the best predictions of the year to be honest. What Stan said is like cannot be any more accurate. Yeah. Now don't tell Jeff Ward that. Come on now. Oh, I'm sorry. Did he disagree? Oh yes. Oh yes. Jeff Ward says that is uh, not true. Hmm. Yes. Um. Very adamant about the fact that that is not a factor. So and and his teammate Kennard um, was up to fifth in the first moto, and went down in a pretty scary crash. I guess I need to see it again. I just saw the yellow flags. Was it on TV? Uh, nope, J- we didn't get it. You didn't get it. Oh god, you nope. guys ruining the sport. Um, yeah, ru- ruining the sport. I'll tell you, there's probably no bigger challenge for a uh, TV producer when you get Dungey and Vill- one's running in tenth, one's running in thirtieth, and then someone else is leading. Yeah. Uh, that was a recipe for disaster. <laughs> right, yeah, good point, right? Yeah, uh, I so, can't believe they got that second Villapoto crash on the first lap. That was just, I think, luck. Like the camera, I think, was just stationary, and they're like, yeah. "Holy crap, we just caught him going down again." Yeah. yeah, bummer for Trey, but he got up, he pulled in, and 
Got some goggles, and his bike was all bent up, so he went up, went on, got fifth in the second moto. So good ride from there. It's that time again. Thanks for listening to the Racer X podcast show, brought to you by BTOsports.com, presented by Thor MX. I appreciate it. Don't forget to click on the Amazon banner on PulpMX.com to help out PulpMX.com. We appreciate it. Listen to these commercials. Buy from these sponsors. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side. X podcast show is brought to you by btosports.com whether you are looking for new gear helmets boots or you need to rebuild your bike from the ground up bto is your source for all of your motocross needs as a proud sponsor of the bto sports ktm race team and the heart of the bto sports amateur motocross team it is obvious that we are about more than being just a store we support the sport that supports us, us. we at bto sports want to give back to you the listener for supporting us and the racer x podcast show use coupon code Pulp MX when placing your order at btosports.com for a VIP listener discount. Certain brand restrictions will apply. For 2013, JT Racing enters its next generation with the all-new Evolve Light, ProTech, Enduro, and Limited Edition collections, taking quality and innovation to a whole new level. Also available in youth sizes, each collection is built with high-grade materials offering its own unique characteristics to meet the demands of today's riders, both recreationally and competitively. To find a dealer or view the entire collection online, log on to JTRacingUSA.com. Championship proven. Many motocross apparel brands make that claim, but only Thor can back it up. As America's first motocross apparel brand, Thor has set the standard for delivering the highest quality performance racewear on the market for the past 45 years. With champions like Ryan Villapoto, Blake Baggett, and Dean Wilson, to name a few, our products truly are championship proven. To see all the new 2013 products, visit ThorMX.com or head to your local Thor Parts Unlimited dealer. Thor, the official racewear of Supercross. And Brett Metcalf, fourth overall. 5-6, and he alluded to a bit of a problem in the first moto that held him back, and he thought he could have maybe done better, but he backed it down. Most likely, it sounds like to save a motor because they, they, they were late. And then, JT, I don't know if you knew this, but I talked to Wygan about it. They were late changing the motor. I think changing the motor. I shouldn't say for sure. I didn't know for sure out of Brett. And they missed their gate pick. Yeah, I, I did know yeah, that. Yeah, and Metcalf um, got like 35th or 37th gate pick or whatever. So, yeah. so to come out with a sixth in the second moto. Yeah, it's, it's impressive. I think uh, just, you know, a lack of not being at the races. And, and I think, too, when you're, you know, in the position he is this year, you don't have a, a kind of infrastructure telling you, hey, guys, you got, you got eight minutes. You got to yeah. be down there. You, gotta, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's gotta, guys are kind of on their own figuring it out. There wasn't a team manager there watching the clock and those kind of things. So. That stuff tends to happen, you know. Stuff like that slips through the cracks, and uh, but to the motor thing, I, I don't doubt that at all. I've actually dealt with that before. The motors get so hot, you can literally hear them start to start to overheat. You know, you start to hear stuff, the piston knocking, and the, it, the thing's getting hot. So you start, you know, uh, short shifting the thing and and letting you know not revving it and stuff. So. Mm-hmm. 
definitely, you know, as these guys are trying to make more and more horsepower out of these 450s, 450s don't like heat too much. So That's um, kind of what I was saying on Thursday, JT, when I said the wet sand is the worst thing for a bike and for body, you know. It just tax bikes. It just wears bikes down. Yeah, and I think, too, with them, you know, if the track is smoother, it makes it worse because you stay on the throttle the entire time. Right, right, yeah. If the the rougher the track gets, the the easier it is on the bike. And and I know that sounds weird, but on the motor-wise, the less you're just holding the thing wide open all the way around the track, you're kind of, you know, you have to let off here and there. So, Both of you guys were dead wrong about Brett Metcalf, and uh, I was right. And But let's talk about, not about how smart I am. Uh, if you'd like to, we can. That'd be a short conversation. Uh, Wygant, what impressed you about him? What What didn't you think he had, or what What were you not counting on that he showed you? Yeah, it was better than I thought it would be, because to me, he pretty much was at the exact same level that he had been on and that's pretty impressive when you consider, A, he missed a ton of time racing. Mm-hmm. B, that was a gnarly injury. And C, I mean, look at the difference. He's basically riding his practice bike compared to being on yeah. factory Suzuki. So I just, weighing all those things together, I'm like, okay, there's got to be some sort of drop-off. But he was pretty much right where he was. And I even feel like, based on your interview with him in Canada, he was making it sound like, you know, I'm still working on the mindset. I'm still working on this. I'm still getting back into racing. I'm still learning this. Getting, yeah. I just didn't think that he'd be right where he was, but it sure looked that way. And one thing he told me in Canada, too, off the record, or not off the record, but after the interview, uh, his wrist still bothers him at late in the motos. And I'm like, Ooh. Well, see, there you go. Yeah. Another example. Yeah. Like I, he, he, there was no difference, I feel, with this year's Metcalf and the one at Southwick in 2011, I wouldn't think. Not yeah. a big difference. What about you, JT? What's your, what's your thing that surprised you? With Matty, yeah, um, yeah, I just didn't think he was going to be that that fast and that strong. I, I just, you know, as I alluded to, and you kind of blew me out for, I, I didn't think he was ready to run that pace yet. Uh, I, I know he's capable of getting there, and I, I knew he would get back there, but um, you know, and Burner kind of chastised me later that day. He did saying I, I should have known better with with Matty in the sand. Uh, you know, he was kind of saying if this was a any kind of hard pack track or Mount Morris or anything, I probably would have been a little bit more accurate, but not at Southwick. He's just too confident, too good there. He, he is going to do Unadilla and probably Elsinore um, if the Canadian team lets him. I don't know if I'm so bold in my predictions come Unadilla for Brett Metcalf. Do we agree? He didn't sound like he was either. It was very. <laughs> were you still standing there when I, I asked about that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It was strange because I said, oh, Unadilla, you're going to be back. But he really brushed it off. He's like, yeah, but this is the one that counts. This is the one that matters. This is the one I was yeah. focused on. I love Southwick. I love the sand. That'll be fun, but it's not like this. Uh, and I know you're about to uncork a rant here, I'm sure, and we'll give you a chance to do that about you know teams not hiring these, these type of guys. Uh, but before you even get there, do teams that have not signed Brett Metcalf just go, ah, whatever, he's good at Southwick. This proves nothing. That was actually my next question. That was my next, that. that was my next question to you two idiots. Yeah, uh, uh, I was just trying to beat you to the rant. Right. No, no I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to do the rant. Um, if these asshole team managers want to hire dudes to party with them and, you know, and, and get the guys that are fast but they get injured every single year, then go ahead. Go ahead. If, if Shmeremy Schmalbreck can't sell Toyota uh, on a rider like uh, uh, Brett Metcalf or, you know, a Weston Pike is what he tells me, then uh, 
you know, he needs to up his selling game. But what can you do? So, um, I don't. I think one thing, by the way, that really hurts Metcalf here is remember last year there were a lot of dudes hurt in Supercross, and he was on Factory Suzuki, and he unfortunately he didn't uh, step up. I mean, the opportunity was there. I don't. He didn't even get a podium, did he? Don't you step up. I don't think he ever got a podium. Uh, yeah. I don't think he got a podium, but I think he was. I think he just, yeah. Even with injuries, he was a five to ten guy. And that doesn't help. Like, right. I mean, we. It's easy to say, you know, in July, all we think about is motocross, but that has to have crossed everyone's mind. Like, hey, man, he had the goldness of golden opportunities. You know, there was even a time where Brayton had two or three races where he was like leading a lot of laps, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's kind of the thing that maybe Metcalf could have done, but he didn't do it. That can't help your negotiating. Uh, I skills. agree, and He'd say it. Say it. Yeah. And I think if I'm a manager, I mean, obviously, uh, I, I mean, I've already stated my case. I don't know if I put too much weight on Southwick, Brett Metcalf, Southwick ride. You know, I mean, it's good to see him back. Right. You're like, okay, he's alive, he he's <laughs> fast, but I need to see more. I don't know. Maybe not, but um, what do you think, JT? Well, I think he proved that he's capable of running up front again. If he can come out and back it up at Unadilla and be, he doesn't even he doesn't have to get fourth again. But if he can be in that in that in the race up there again, yeah, that will go a long way. Yeah, because I think it's the same for. I don't want to put him in the same category as one of the locals, but it is his best track. So I don't think that fact is blind on everyone either. Right. So, um, uh, and I think everyone in this conversation wants to see Brett Metcalf racing full time in the in the states again. So you right. know, yeah, hopefully, to? hopefully he comes out and does well. We, you know, we need the most guys possible, and he's obviously one of the nicest guys out there. So, who wants to uh, be up in Canada? Oh, yeah. God. well, yeah, and horrible. Um, all right. Uh, hey, something that you won't hear about. I'm pos- You know what most. Media outlets and accounts of the race won't talk about Tyler Rattray very much. But Tyler Rattray, uh, he goes um, 10-8 on the day, which is all right. It's good. But he is um, – hold on here. He is uh, – uh, he's 33rd after the first lap in the first moto. And in the second moto, Tyler Rattray is 25th, 33rd um, to 10th, and 25th to 8th. First turn crashes, both motos. So you know he was even further back than what, his first first lap. That's a very good day. He was fast. Uh, and we know he's fast at Southwick. He's always been good there. But that, that was a – he had a good day. What ran through my mind with him was actually, uh, before I saw Metcalf, I actually saw Mitch, and I said, what happened to Rattray today? And he's like, he was in the first turn crash in both motos. And then when I was talking to Metcalf, and he was saying how much effort he put into this race and how much pressure he put on himself. And I'm like, dude, how nervous must you be when you put all that effort into one race because you're one first turn crash away from it all going up in smoke or one stupid bike problem or some dude falls in front of you. Like, yeah. when you have, and I feel like Rattray is the same way. This is Rattray's best track. This is where Rattray's probably circles it every year. Is like, if I'm going to do some damage. I mean, look at last year. He won a moto, right, in the 450s. Mm-hmm. So, God, he's got to be kicking himself like, that's my weekend to do it. And two stupid first-turn crashes that aren't my fault. Yeah. Ruined. Yeah. Now, and instead, he gets 10-8. Yeah. Road good, though. Yep. JT, Southwick's tough to pass on. 
It is, yeah. I think, you know, the smoother it is, the tougher it gets. So, yep. um, yeah, all the lines kind of funnel into one, and it's really hard without a bunch of bumps. It's hard to kind of make a move on anybody. So it, you could see it kind of in the racing, and, and some of the riders alluded to it in their interviews that it, it was a little bit tough to pass at times. Um, Phil Nicoletti, seventh overall, shoestring budget. I got to say, though, I'm on the Nicoletti bandwagon, but I was a little let down by that second moto. Look, he, he started fifth. He got 13th. He was he, he got tired. There's no other way around it. And if you – there's nothing wrong with getting tired. It's Southwick. It's second moto. It's it's gnarly. But you got to do better than, than go from fifth to, eight, fifth to 13th without a crash. Still, fa- still fast. Still impressive. Just a smidge – you know, a smidge of, a, of an issue, JT. Yeah, you know what? I When I was watching him, and I, I don't know, this was purely speculation on my part. I was watching him, and it kept, I kept thinking in my head, he they work too hard during the week. Like, they put too much energy into the week leading up to it. That's, that's what I kept thinking. I could be completely wrong. Right. But that's what I was thinking during the race is, He's he's tired, like he's worn out from the week leading into this, mm-hmm. you know, because he wanted to do so good, and he overdid it, and then he has nothing left. So, hmm. I, I don't know. That could be right or wrong, but that was just the feeling I got. Yeah, still a good ride, sixth place. Oh, without again. a doubt. Yeah, yep. I just felt like he was he was really laboring the second moto. He like got he, <laughs> he had nothing left. He got seventh overall. Had he even you know lost a, only a few spots? Say he got seventh, he would have went six seven on the day. Might have had himself a, a fifth overall, you know, as a shoestring budget team. Yeah, he was he was a good two to four seconds off the guys around him and, and going backwards. Yeah. You know, yeah. once kind of everybody was still kind of okay, and then you could just see him. He was on a, on a, you know, on his way to the back, and he really had no fight left. Yeah. So. Um, the one, my comeback for, for, for the NFAB guys who weren't that pumped on your comment, Wygan, and my comeback to a lot of teams that, uh, you know, maybe get at me for something I've written or said or whatever, I'm always like, look, I, there's a lot of teams in the pits that would love to be talked about. Now, the worst thing we said is that uh, you're on a shoestring budget, or the worst thing we said is that, um, you know, you're, uh, we got one of your sponsors wrong or something, like a, you know, a small little thing like that. Trust me, there's a lot of teams that would love to be talked about. And and NFAB is getting a ton of coverage, NFAB Tyloo Yamaha, from you guys this summer, mostly because of Phil Nicoletti. Yeah, well, the point is that we had a TV interview on the live NBC show with a guy who got sixth place in a moto. Like, yeah. when do they ever interview sixth? Yeah. Right? Let alone there's only three hours all year long on NBC, and that was one of the three hours they interviewed sixth. Why did they interview Phil Nicoletti? Because... Wow, this guy is essentially on a privateer type team. He's not on Factory Kawasaki or um, whatever. You know, Suzuki. You go down the list. Mm-hmm. So that story sells. That made things better for them. That got the sponsor more mentioned because of that. If you really just want to be considered an equal to the factories, then in that case, your guy only got seventh. Not that good. Not going to get an interview either. Sixth, sixth in a moto, you're not going to get interviewed. You just got sixth. Like Jake Weimer's not getting interviewed if he gets sixth. Right. So you gotta you got to pick your poison there, which which direction you want to go. I, I think this was a better one. Weed, you talk to Michael Lessie after the moto, after the day? 
Yeah, he, when he crashed last week, um, you saw on the, the TV show he had him talking to Genova over on the side of the track and holding his side. He said he popped the rib out, basically couldn't ride all week. Uh, you know, they had planned some sand testing. They probably had secret technology for it. I mean, come on. Uh, but he basically said he rode about 40 minutes all week, so he was kind of screwed. But in typical Leslie fashion, he's like, but you know what's good, though? <laughs> I actually made up points on Stewart and Kennard anyway. Yeah, boom. Thinking about this always. You think anyone else no. noticed, thought yeah. about that, looked no. at it? Nope, nope. You I think that he was probably him. most disappointed that he, did, he didn't make up any, any ground in the uh, the hole shot. That's really all I think he's worried about. <laughs> Right. That's a big deal. Yeah. You think when Stewart was in the trailer between motos, he was like, damn it, and worst, unless he made a points on me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't believe it. Uh, JT- I could see Alessi saying, damn it, Stewart got another whole shot. We're screwed. <laughs> I could see him saying that. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, JT, Chiree got a seventh. Yeah, it was a step in the right direction. You can build on that. Yeah. And then the second moto, we don't really know what he had because he crashed in the first, first turn. turn. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, if you're looking for positives out of it, you know, you know, it, years ago if Chad Reed got seventh, everybody would have been scratching their head, kind of going, eh, yeah. not, not good. But after the season he's had, it was, you know, yeah. something, something to build on anyway. Um, it was, and we transi- from your guy, we transitions to transition to Weege's guy. Uh, I thought Brayton. That's a nice rebound moto. Crash in the first moto, got a handlebar to the uh, either groin area, wiener area, something. Oh, whoa. <laughs> somewhere around there. Whoa, yeah, wait, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, and 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 had to pull off. Um, we even had that extra half hour between motos. I could have gone over there to <laughs> survey the damage. I bet you did. <laughs> groin, ball, wiener area. Um, <laughs> so he had to pull off. Uh, second moto though, shitty gate pick again at seventh place and and held it strong for Brayton, who's not an outdoor warrior type of guy. I think that was a nice rebound ride. Yeah, I know the team had obviously been bumming at the beginning of the year. I know that the seven seven that he got at Bud's Creek, you know, their expectations are realistic. They were like, that's just that's perfect. That's all. They know they're not expecting Brayton to go out and beat Filipoto straight up. Yeah, you know, they just don't want him to be getting lapped. So, yeah, I think they'll take sevens all yeah. all. all Long. Yeah, it was it was a nice comeback. Is there a team in the history of the sport who packs up quicker than JGR? Not at Washougal. Wow. Yeah, I mean that, that that broke all records. But they were. I mean, I got back to the pits pretty much as the checkers flew for two fifty final moto, and they were leaving the track. Everyone gone. Uh, they they had a mountain bike ride scheduled for <laughs> around 7 p.m. So don't you guys feel like hey and JT this doesn't really apply to you because you're hanging out with Chad Reed after the race, um, but why can't don't you feel like and I, and maybe this is just media hashtag media problems and no one else will care. I feel like these guys should stick around a little bit. Yeah, I don't know what they're missing Honda by guys, packing up early, and H- I don't know what they're gaining by getting out there early. Um, but Honda- to me, there's always something to be gained by, you know. Um, and maybe somebody, I don't know. For all I know, J-Bone's out there watching the 250 Moto just to know what's going on in that class. Like, you would think there'd be an upside to watching and scouting, right? Honda guys are gone. The JGR guys are gone most times. Uh, Rattray's gone um, from the track. Nicoletti, gone. Um, you know, top privateer, seventh overall guy. Uh, gone. Well, Metcalf, I guess, top part here. But, um, you know, he's 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 out. I just feel like, and again. Riders, I no, riders, I can see where they would go, and I'm sure JT can speak to this. 
Mike, even in a national, the night catches up to you pretty quick, and then you got to leave early in the morning, and I would think the more sleep and rest you can get, the better. So I don't blame a rider for taking off ASAP at a national at all. Uh, but other team people, you would think they might gain something from Well, Weege, but this is – they're gone 40 minutes after the, they get off the track. I'm not talking a couple hours. In 40 yeah, – but I'm, I'm saying every minute. Why not? Okay. All right. Okay. Never mind. Yeah, why not? I mean, yeah. as a rider point of view, we're, you know, we're over it. Like, our work's done. We're tired. If I can get – the sooner I can get back to my hotel and lay on the bed in the AC, and, and <laughs> especially after Southwick, which is just brutal, the better, you know? Okay. Right, I don't so. want to sit in the sun and the heat, especially when they're tearing down the semi. You really don't have anywhere to go. They're trying to clean everything. You're really just in the way if you're still right. there. Okay. All yeah. right. Fair enough. Then I'm wrong. No, no. I'm just trying to give you the rider perspective. Like we're, I really feel like we're in the way while they're trying to clean. So I might as well leave. Okay. I'm wrong. Great. Move on. Well, what Mathis? What is the advantage of Rattray staying for an hour and forty minutes instead of forty minutes? Why would he do that? To speak to the media? That's a totally different. That's a totally different story. Well, that's what I'm getting at. What do you What do you mean? Yeah. That's That's what I'm talking about. Well, hashtag, when you hashtag... say speak to the media, it's pretty much just you. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's yeah. not. No, it really is. No, no, absolutely not. There's there was a there's a lot of media to talk to. Not when you're not. I mean, if you if you had a really good day, I could see it. But I don't feel like Tyler felt like he had a great day. He had a good. There was going to be a, a a huge line waiting on him to talk to him. Okay. All right. Like I said, I'm just putting it out there, and apparently I'm not correct, and I can handle that. If it was a little more organized and designated, like they knew they had you know media time, and they knew that the team needed it or wanted it or whatnot, I'm sure they would do it. But when no one's even mentioned that to you, you're probably like, shit, if I can get an extra hour of sleep, I'm getting it. Jesus, wouldn't you think Phil Nicoletti, a native of New York, would be around high-fiving everybody and maybe shotgunning beers or something? (laughs) I don't know. I'm just saying. Um, Again, complaining, I guess. Um, Hey, JT, Les Smith had his best race of the year. Catching and passing Michael Byrne and Andrew Short, his semi-teammates, his quasi-teammates. Yeah, he did. Um, Are you surprised? I didn't know Les is good in the sand. Uh, uh, he, yeah, he's done well there, and I think he's just I, – I kind of um, associate myself with Les a lot just because when I watch him race, I feel like we are very similar. Like We don't have blinding speed. Not that he's slow by any means, don't get me wrong, but he's, he's in really good shape, and he's just kind of always there. And, you know, the tougher it gets, the better he seems to do. So um, if you're going to tell me, you know, Les was really strong and, and kind of passed people at the end of the motor, that, that's not shocking to me. So, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, he had a great day. I mean, he he should feel proud of his ride because he was yeah he, he was strong. I mean, that's what, you know, he, he works out and rides at Ricky Carmichael's place, so you would kind of expect that that kind of day from him on a track like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, good, good, good job. He look, he looked he looked to be one of the guys going forward. You know, uh, Weimer had a crappy day, but he fell in the first turn. I think both motos too, or didn't quite come back as far as Rattray, or at least he was way back. Uh, Josh Grant was so so. Weege, he was all right. I, 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 I swear I've seen better speed from him on sand tracks. But I, I know he, it, uh, his shoulder is probably still not that good for that sand. I know he crashed in the first moto, and I think he I think that was it for the moto for him. I think moto one. And then uh, I got 13th. Back and did all right, Moto 2. You got 13th in Moto 1. Um, oh. What did he get in Moto 2? 11th. That makes no sense then. <laughs> all right. I'm telling you, I literally yeah. talked to his mechanic at the airport this morning. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, yeah, he crashed in the first Moto, pulled off. 
I'm so confused now. <laughs> he got 13th. <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, did he pull off with like a half a lap to go, and they were already on the last lap, and he hadn't yeah. been lapped like? And he hadn't been lapped. Or something. Like, yeah. Um, hey, uh, what happened to Sipes? Bad day. Oh, lots of crashes. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, and I don't think he's very good in the sand as it is. So I didn't expect a lot from him. Yeah, but yeah, obviously wasn't a good day. Um, Bobby Canari too. Yeah, come from the back, both motos. Not a good day for him. Uh, Tommy Hahn came back. Didn't enjoy any success. I think he went DNF, DNF. Anybody talk to him? I heard I heard from someone who did talk to him, and he pretty much was kind of just like, yeah, well, that kind of solidifies, you know, the thought that I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> so he's going to race Red Bud, but I think – he kind of went out there to see how it would go and see if he missed it or wanted to, you know, yeah. do this. And I think he was yeah. just kind of like, nah. Like, pretty much the same thing I had last year. I don't want to get hurt. It's not that much fun anymore. Can't make any money. You know, Yeah. I, I just need to hang it up. Right, right. I didn't even know he was racing until Friday. So. Right. Yeah, he kept that Yeah, I saw him when I walked through the gate on Friday. And uh, then the hilarity of supposedly they wheeled his bike over to tech inspection and they were like, 58, who's this? Tommy Hahn, uh, he's not signed up. That's the story I heard. When I saw him on Saturday morning, he said, no, it was just a big misunderstanding. I don't know. Um, people would sign up. People were claiming that he just, like, didn't even know you need to sign up. I don't know oh, how that works. I, mean, I, right. I, I, I know it sounds crazy, but at the same time, like, ah, most of the time he's raced, he's probably been on a team, so maybe he didn't know all the ins and outs of, like, everything you need to sign and when you have to do it and how, you know what I mean? So the- never... In his pro career, do you think he's ever actually had to go through the process himself? When it comes to anything in the AMA, I'm siding with the anything. Yeah. Like, Don't talk bad about Doris. Um, do not talk bad about Doris. I won't yeah, side. He said a big misunderstanding because he said, "Hey, I, you know, I went to Wilco and I had my passes there, and I have, you know, and I know yeah. obviously he had a pro license. Yeah. So how could he have missed that other step? So maybe you're right. Maybe. But the only thing on I, them, I, if it was like a Nazi party versus AMA, I'm probably siding with AMA. If it's Stalin versus AMA, I'm probably siding with the AMA. Just about anything else, I'm going with the opposite. They just the precedent has been there, you know. He's Michael today. He's Michael today. Okay. Don't bring that one up. Don't bring that one up. I oh, got burned bad on that one. It's too. another person you've upset. Oh I, man, I was I had like a flamethrower last week. <laughs> you, you've and Fabs been, and Cirillo, AMA people. It's been tough for you. It's been a tough little bit for you. You got to keep your head up. Trust me, I'm old. I'm an old veteran at these things. Yes. Just keep your head well, up. I just want people listening to the podcast to know what they're getting. Like they're getting, they're getting very raw, uh, not PC information sometimes. Correct. Correct. Yes. We are. We, there's a lot of stuff we talk about in the show we would never put in print. Yeah, unless you're me. That it doesn't. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Speaking of JT's got his time in the barrel right now, as a matter of fact. Yeah, 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 which is awesome. for all of us. Right. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. For the first time ever, I'm good. But when there was an issue with something, I like how I got texted on it because it had to be yes. Mathis. <laughs> yes. And honestly, when we said uh, that report came from JT, I really feel like Davey backed it down after that. Didn't it seem that way? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't I don't all I, I know think is did when it was like, Oh, it wasn't Mathis. Oh, okay. All I know is I got on the text because I know he everyone thought it was me. Oh yeah. I've been good. good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Everyone likes me. Metcalf likes me. Everybody. Um Well, I think we we've learned in this sport you can't say anything bad about anyone, whether it's true or not, 
without paying a price for it. Not totally true, but yeah, somewhat. Yeah, somewhat I, I don't know. Somewhat. Somewhat true. Um, You're now a media guy. Bingo. You are, JT. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, learned, I learned a couple lessons this week. As well as a uh, Western Power Sports uh, um, fly racing guy. Um, okay, let's move to 250s. We got to do 250s here. Um, I just love how you two are commiserating over your issues that you're both causing. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Without you causing, you you cause enough for us. Two fifties. Um, okay. Domination in one moto by Eli Tomac and domination in one moto by Ken Roxon. Uh, is there one ride that was better than the other? To me, they're equal. They were both. They both killed it. Um, but any either one of you two guys, do you think one ride was better than the other? I don't know. I, I think Tomac might have been a little like if I were to. If you were to say bet on them coming off the gate together, who would have won? I think I would put it on Tomac, but you're right. I mean, it's hard to say. They both crushed it. They did. I don't know. Yeah. I maybe thought Tomac was the ceiling, was a little, or watching him ride, it even seemed more impressive, but, I mean, it's splitting hairs. It's hard mm-hmm. to say. JT? Yeah, I would say the same, uh, only because Roxon kind of uh, blew it when he crashed the first moto. If he would have passed Baggett and gotten second, then I would have just say it's just a wash, you know? Yeah. But uh, Roxon yeah. cr- crashed twice in that first moto. I think just once. I, I was watching the it's TV the feed. Start. I was watching the TV feed. I swear I saw two different crashes in the same. No, I think it's a bad start. Maybe at different angles or something. You know what I mean? The same crash. Yeah, but, I think it was just once. But okay. uh, uh, yeah, um, I guess maybe you put to, like Wage. Maybe you're right because Tomac did come from uh, what tenth or eleventh in the second moto to second. To me, even just watching him ride, like, yeah. just holy crap, there was just some stuff he was doing that was mind-boggling. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Um, unfortunately for Tomac, as good as that is, he only made up two points. So the gap is now seven or nine? What is it? Something like that. Seven now. Halfway Honestly, through, by the way. That's what you've been saying, though. You've been saying it for three or four weeks. It all comes down to his starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it does. Yep. Zach Osborne rode great, man. Really good ride by Zach Osborne. Maybe maybe second first moto he's probably bummed that Justin Bogle got him. But how about just you know uh, celebrating Bogle's ride? That was awesome. Um, but Osborne rode great, five three third overall. And Baggett, well, we thought we thought he was fixed or quote unquote fixed better. The second moto though, anybody have any idea? He did just he couldn't move up. It was it was bizarre. He did crash at one point. He did. I was almost relieved to hear that. Oh okay. Uh, he did have a little tip over, because I think at one point he had gotten to maybe like seventh, then he was back to eleventh, and then he got eighth. So who knows? Maybe that would have been the difference between getting a yeah. a fifth or something. But it's yeah, I mean, it wasn't great either way. Yeah, so Nakamoto, we're, we're back to we're back to wondering what's going on with Blake Baggett, right? I don't think that track is the best for him. I know he actually won there he won last, last year. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, Tomac was Tomac had everybody covered. It was. Mm-hmm. Stop me if there it is before the starts did him in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, he hit a tree too. Remember yeah. last yeah. year going into that, they were like they could not believe that they finished in front of Barsha. Like everybody was handing Barsha the points lead going into that race. Yeah. Yeah. And Mitch was like, I cannot. Or Bones, I think, was like, I cannot believe Baggett won. Like we didn't expect in right. any circumstances he'd win. So I don't think that's the best track for him. Yeah. Um, JT is the Muscan bubble burst. Three three bad motos in a row now. Yeah. Well, you can't crash in the first turn. 
That's, right. that's for sure. <laughs> um, You're no Tony D, but... Right. And I don't think that, that... I was talking about this earlier today, and I don't think that track is just um, perfect for him. Like, he, he could be really good at, say, a Lommel, where it's more finesse and technique, and you have to do things right in that kind of sand, where I feel like Southwick is just... You just have to pin it. Like, you just have to basically hammer the track and wide open. Uh, and it's just a completely different type of sand, which we obviously saw last year at Motocross of Nations. But, but JT, he was terrible at Lomo last year. He, okay. Well, he actually, then he actually, I'm just saying, yeah. even if he does well in GP sand, yeah. I don't think Southwick is an ideal kind of track for him. He, he actually hurt the French team with his rides. Was, okay. Well, was yeah, so and I wasn't yeah. aware of how he was in the sand over there. Yeah. But even if he had done well, I just don't think Southwick really suits him where you just have to wide open and just, you know, basically Tomac style just beat the track in a submission, basically. I definitely think his his one ride from the back was pretty damn good. Um, you know, there was no doubt he was hauling ass, but it caught up to him. Well, he's still really good. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he's he's one of the best riders. So you're going to – he's going to be good overall, but you're talking about whether he's going to be able to beat Roxanne or Tomac or those guys. Yeah. So I didn't expect that. Weege, is there is there if you're a Muscan fan, are you worried? I talked to him after the race and I said, Hey, were you just spent after coming from last in the first moto? And he's like, No, I'm not gonna make excuses. Everybody was probably tired after the first moto I and mean, everyone used energy. Yeah. You know, I just couldn't run the pace. But what I mean, I, this is your chance, Mathis, throw it out there. What what is J T essentially saying that Muscan struggle with? What yeah, can you no. put it into your words? Yeah, he, he when it comes time, at some point in the in the year in the twelve race series, to unzip your pants, reach <laughs> down, pull your balls out on the handlebar, and go balls out, go balls out. I wondered if he can do it, and I still wonder if he can do it. The balls out, and I spoke with Frankie at Muddy Creek, his mechanic, and I think I said the term balls out. I may not have gone as detail as I just did. And Frankie agrees with me. Yeah, they're working on Ross B. They're working on that with, with Marvin. So you have to, you know, sometimes just do it. Reach in the free guns, pull them out. I don't know what other tracks, though, are going to um, necessarily work that way. Like you think of some of the like old school kind of – like even Unadilla is not a track that, say, has like technical stuff. But right, the done, slipperiness, yeah, that's where he won last yeah, year. Yeah, he's done good, right. So yeah. even that plays a – so I don't know what other tracks necessarily yeah. – uh, Maybe hang time a little bit because that's obviously super ass choppy uh, and everything. I don't know, um, but hey, if I was Geico Honda, I'd be a little worried. Or maybe it's just a Southwick thing. Three motors, Will Han, both motos, motor problems. Bogle second moto motor motor problems. So the 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 wackiness of Southwick strikes again. Mitch Payton usually got a few stories about these things going on, but uh, this this year it was Geico, the hometown team, had had three motor issues. So, uh, I found out what happened um, uh, via the RaceRex comments on the race report. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, I'm yeah. sure this is <laughs> I, where riveting info. Yeah, where you're going right now with this could be anywhere. <laughs> okay, ready? Ready? Yeah. They know Tomac is struggling with starts, so they are building special test motors and giving them to the other riders. Oh, experimental. Uh, <laughs> fantastic, yeah. yes, yes. And using them as the guinea pigs. Why didn't we think of this? Why is this not, you know, why? God damn, those people are brilliant. There's nothing you can, use, nothing add, you can say that would surprise me from those comments. No. 
I wouldn't. He didn't throw this in here, but there is proof because look at Han starts. Yep. Yeah. Experimental <laughs> maybe motors. He's right. Experimental <laughs> motors. They've I got have... the start part figured out of the motor. Now they just have to make it finish. I right, was... and then they give it a tomac and it's like right. Yeah. I was talking to um, Zach Osborne and John and Kathy Tomac, and they all three of them said almost in unison because we were speaking about Racer X website things, probably something with you, Wygan, or you, JT, Troublemakers. But both, all three people were like, they shouldn't have those comments on there. They should not have those comments on there. It makes it worse. It makes the – and I, I, I kind of don't really agree in this world of social media and everyone wants their voice. You know, if you look at every ESPN, Sports Illustrated, CNN, everyone has comments, you know. But those people, those three people did not think the comments were necessary on Racer X Online. But, I mean, if you we didn't have them, where would we get gold like that? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, uh, you're right. I think it's just in this day and age you just have to have it. I mean, I see where they're coming from. I, I wish I wish I could say that it doesn't affect what I write or what we do on that site. I wish I could say that, but it is impossible to isolate yourself from it. It's impossible. No, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. Nothing I write or do, as, do I ever think about that. Honestly. I wish I could say that. Uh, I, I have to weigh everything I write with a oh. run through it another extra time, just trying to think. Okay, how could this possibly be misinterpreted as bias or favoritism? Because yeah. I I got to think to the next level. No, that's the, the level these folks are going to go to. See, I I don't care because I know that no matter what you do, someone will take it they, one way. You know, no matter how right. clean or perfect you make it and craft it, there's some idiot out there who will be like, "That's effed up," you know. Like, like for example, you know, whatever. Let's just move on. Um, yeah. Do you guys want to talk about Mattis Inda, or do you want to talk about Ikra Karo? <laughs> any, any one of those guys? Ikra Karo from Estonia and Mattis Inda from Lithuania. Inda's been around before, I think, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inda's been, been a regular on the series. <laughs> um, good job for Ikra Karo in Estonia. I wonder if he knows Juice Lansu. Almost for sure, right? Yeah. I mean, how many I, like I yeah, like how many fast motocrossers can it be in Estonia? There's actually Probably quite a few. Poly. Yeah, oh yeah, JT, you got your ass handed to you, did you not in Estonia? Well, <laughs> if you consider force getting my ass handed to me. Well yeah, yeah, I do. And it wasn't you by won. Estonians. Oh it wasn't? Oh okay. No. Right. Okay. But yeah, whatever. I mean, whatever suits you. No, as no, usual, no. We'll go with that. No, no, no. I thought that you got I know you got beat. You're probably a favorite going in, and I thought it was all Estonians. But if it well, wasn't, I, I, I took Supercross suspension to a sand race, which I was easy. Back it down, no one. No, great no, job. I'm, I'm just relaying the facts. All right. Um, uh, but okay. yeah, I mean Estonia, there actually is a pretty strong motocross presence there. But uh, as we, you know, a guy came over that we've never heard of qualified for the nationals so. and got points, got nineteenth. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, I don't want to spend too much time on. Uh, well, Anderson, good ride. Wygan, are you still on his bandwagon? Are you still going? For, I mean, hometown race in Southwick. Are you still? You still on the big chase, uh, Anderson? I don't think it's needed anymore. Like it doesn't. Like I was driving it, and I feel yeah. like at this point, it's pretty much on autopilot. Like I don't need to do it. Like I would think eventually you'll let Filthy Phil just kind of let him let oh, spread his wings, right? No, I think I have. I think I have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel like I need to do that with Anderson anymore. Right. Right. He speaks for himself now. Cole Seely was good. Very surprising. Good ride for Cole. I made sure I found him after the race. He was one guy who had not left yet. Um, I went and found him because I interviewed him last week, and, you know, he faded, and he talked about fading. And so I'm like, hey, the guy did good. I got to go find him. 
you know, to talk about. And I also found Alex Martin. I had to go find Alex Martin. He wrote twelve eleven, good ride for him, tenth overall. I had to go find Troll and get his take on the race. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on the on Adam Cien Cirillo because we did talk about it in the beginning, but we uh, better worse about the same. Where are we at for Adam's second pro race? Obviously, results wise, it really yeah. wasn't much better, but I think it was better. Not maybe not on paper. Yeah, you know, I think it was a little bit more competitive for a little bit longer uh, yeah. this time. Yeah. So he told yeah, me, I think it was better. Told me he needs speed. He needs to get in shape. He needs to get speed. Needs to get his starts. He's lighter than everybody. He should be pulling, yanking hole shots. So I'm like, okay, all right, yeah, speed, starts, and endurance. All right, yeah, you're, you're on your way. <laughs> uh, well, again, I know that maybe he wasn't pumped on, on, on saying, but I'm saying like that's, again, that is the risk you take. Yeah. That is the risk. Yeah. Like, if he's okay with it, if it's not hurting his confidence and everything, then it doesn't matter. But that's the risk you take. Two first-turn crashes from Durham and two come from the back rides, 11-14. He says he's only raced twice at Southwick ever before and always had bike problems. Shocking, I know. <laughs> in the sand on a 250F with his old team, he had bike problems. But, Any of those PA guys usually suck in the sand anyway. Yeah. yeah. Brock Epler. Horrible. Uh, Jimmy D. Yeah. What about Jimmy D, JT? Uh, great starts, but uh, just uh, motorway going the first moto, which not his fault, and then the second moto just uh, seemed to – you know, get a little bit worn out. Yeah. But, I mean, better better than Europe was, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, really, right? Guy couldn't score points in Europe. At least here he got 13th. Yeah. Oh, boy. You want to go there? No. No, I do not want to go there. I'm just Too saying. Late. It's his home, it's his home track, so. Um, is he doing any other races, do we know? Yeah, he did. He, pretty much anything, like, on the eastern side. He told me, like, Unadilla, yeah. Millville. Right. You know, like that. Okay. Uh, Jackson Richardson, 16-16. His best ride of the year, Australian guy. Um, Other than that, he might be the best Australian on the series right now. One of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I said, should we play taps when Stewart and Reed ride by? At this point, I always, you know, little, little maybe a twenty-one gun salute for those two. It's weird, man. You know, of course, the Cowie guys. I'm over there at the Cowie truck afterwards, and I, and you know, they they do like to inform me about how I, you know, like James Stewart. So when things don't go right, they do like to let me know about that. Um, and actually, Wygant, thank you for also continuing that. I guess you and Simon Cudby were looking at James Stewart photos with Ryan and saying how good he looks. It's just so easy at this point. Like, it's the easiest <laughs> conversation to have with a photo. Right. I just can't resist. It's too much fun. Right, right. So uh, thank you for keeping that going. But anyways, they were saying, I was saying, it's just weird, man. It's weird to see. And it wasn't Ryan who said this, but a Cowie guy was like, they're old. They're old. And I'm just like, there's more to it. There's more to the being old. James Stewart set the fastest lap times. You know, Chad has really gone down quickly. Like, it hasn't been a gradual decline for Chad this year. There's something else there. It's not just they're old. Or maybe it is. But not in my opinion. JT? Yeah, I don't know. It's too, I, I don't really I haven't come to a conclusion yet. You know, it's, I think it's early to but, draw. Just okay. Yeah. Is it? Is it? But is, yeah. Do you not? So you don't agree? It's, it's not. They're old. No, I don't think right. that they just forgot how to ride and their bodies just completely shut down on them. No. <laughs> right. Right. Thank no. you. So, um, but our sport is is cruel, man. It's cruel. Oh uh, yeah, and, and I, I'm can probably 
narrowed down who was making these comments, and there's not a lot of uh, middle ground with those guys. No, no, they're not. And you know what? In our industry, and it's not – I don't want to just pick on the Cowie guys. In our industry, everyone's pretty harsh with each other. Yeah, absolutely, like, like, yeah. Like, you know – You're either great or you're terrible. Yeah, yeah. And teams are like, we're great and they suck. Yep. You know what I mean? Or if you're one of the teams that suck. And it can you know, switch yeah. week to week. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Weege, Kyle Cunningham had a good second moto. Fifth place. Does he go good in the sand? Is this normal? I think he's one of those guys that it just doesn't matter. Like any any weekend, you know, if things yeah. go right for him. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, we, we probably said about him a million times. You would not be surprised with anything, right? Yeah. With, uh, with Cunningham. So I'm, not, I'm not like, holy crap, I didn't think he could do that. Savaki broke his wrist, hand? Uh, boxer's fracture, which I guess as fractures go isn't the worst. They say he'll skip Redbud, and hopefully he'll be back after that. Okay. And, uh, all right, anything else? Southwick? Savaki, I heard, either? not a Cincerillo fan either. Oh, really? Big time not a Cincerillo fan. Huh. Yeah, so he's huh. got to be bummed. Cause same thing, the guy shows up and darn it, look at the paper results, yeah. darn it. Hey, the star guys, uh, you know, Cooper went uh, 7.34. Jeremy Martin went 35.6. So, funny how, you know, neither, neither guy had a good day and they almost fit, had, you know, identical finishes. Just crappy one moto. Uh, I kind of heard <clears throat> through the grapevine, I know it's going to be a shocker. Bobby Regan not happy with the lack of podiums. Yeah, yeah. I, I know it, that he's usually very patient. Yeah, absolutely. Run, run, I mean, they run a very tight ship over there. You know, the, the standard. Well, I'm not even saying the tight ship thing, but just you know, they wait it out. They don't. They don't expect results overnight. They they wait. They're very patient. The um, I'm surprised that. So those guys are those market. guys are used to winning over there. The standard of excellence is high, <laughs> very high over there. I mean, they've done so well, so many riders, that how could you not blame them? Yeah, you know what I mean? Look, uh, we, we talked earlier about there's some rumors from pretty good sources, multiple sources, that Webb and, and Bobby butted heads during Super – or Jeremy Martin, sorry, and Bobby Reagan butted heads. Supercross, you know, it's sad to see. I, I talked about – I talked one time with you both, I think. These young riders are like – and this is the worry with Cincerillo, I think. These young riders are like delicate little flowers that are trying to bloom – not to be weird or creepy. And if you overwater them, give them too much sun, they can be broken and never be the same. You really got to be careful and, you know, injuries have to stay away. Confidence has to stay high. You can't let yourself, when you get beat down, you can't let yourself, you know, get into the I'm just a regular dude mentality to get up there. You know, and and if you have somebody harping on you and grinding on you and, Sometimes maybe your confidence isn't where it was once was when you were just a badass amateur kid that everyone said was going to be a star. So that's all. My rant. It's my semi-calm rant. You got to be careful. And if Adam keeps going this way, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you got to be careful not to slip into the um, into a mindset of um, maybe I'm just not that good, you know? That's exactly what I said on this show the last two weeks. Oh, okay. was it? That's, oh, that's oh, my point. I like, I'm not attention. saying that he's oh. not going to be good. 99% chance he will. But 
there is a risk oh, always that yeah, first yeah. jumping right. off point, and that's the risk. Like, he's had four kind of motos that aren't that good. I'm sure in the back of his mind he thought there was a chance he was going to do really well in those motos. So now it's a little bit dicey. Hopefully he yeah. – it all, it's all up to them, right, how they take it mentally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The best way to avoid it is not have any problems, but it's not that easy sometimes, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. JT yeah. Burner probably had his best race of the year, at least two consistent motos, right? Yeah, he's he's a work in progress. Yeah. So Nick Way build on it. Nick Way forward. didn't have a good day, had motor problems. So he's running a backup motor that he didn't like and wasn't as good. So he didn't get starts. But um Tickle? Tickle J T? Uh I yeah. I don't want to tickle you, but just yeah. Bad starts and kinda, you know, same as he's been doing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh anything else? BTOsports.com. Racer X podcast presented by Thor MX, the wrap up of Southwick. Um, anything else, guys? Yeah. Yeah. And moving on, Weege? I'm happy. You're happy? Happy with it, yeah. Okay. It. Well, yeah. All right. Good um, show. Yeah, good Good talk. All right, guys, thanks very much. Uh, nice job. We'll see you at uh, Red Butt. I cannot believe we're already halfway through the series either, by the way. It's six rounds down, six to go. It's amazing. Yeah, where, weird. Where does the summer go? That's weird. And hopefully, Weed, you'll be paid for one of these weeks. By you? No. By your TV people. Oh, how'd you know that? Did I tell you that? Yeah, you told me that. You, you said I'm six weeks in, and I'm like wondering, when can I get paid? Yeah, it's not. I mean, no, I hate to bring you, this up here. It's not like there's some panic. No, no, no. You will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's going to happen. It's not like, hey, we got bad news, dude. It's not like uh, these guys that go to the GPs and don't get paid. And <laughs> no, no, no. I just think, it's, I think they got it. I just think it's humorous. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Well, the worst part is, you know, you got to lay out six weeks of travel. Yeah. But but uh, the good news is you're going to get one check like you won a lottery. It's NBC. I, I, I figure they got the money to cover it. <laughs> you think Letterman? Or no, Letterman isn't there. Um, uh, Leno? Leno will, will maybe get a cut in pay? I've made the joke like the Seinfeld episode where they complained that they weren't getting Ted Danson money. <laughs> and, and that's – I should – do you think this is what – is this Leno money? Is this what he gets paid? Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> is this the same deal he has? Because I'm very upset. Um, all right, guys. Thanks very much. I appreciate it. Uh, talk to you next week. All right. See you. See you. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to find the more than 200-episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.